Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 10th of November 2023. Flyers back in action tonight. Road trip continues as they'll take on the Ducks of Anaheim or the Mighty Ducks. Well, it's not the Mighty Ducks anymore. As I'm reaching for my schedule here, my trusty paper version of my schedule. Flyers back in action tonight. It's Anaheim on the road, back-to-back with Anaheim and the Kings. Uh, Both of those teams they've lost to this season at Wells Fargo Center. Anaheim was 7-4. That game was uh, back on October 28th. And then the Kings was last Saturday at Wells Fargo Center on November 4th. 5-0 defeat against the Kings. So the Flyers and the Ducks coming up tonight. The Ducks right now, well, they're off to a good start. A lot of people didn't think the Ducks were going to be, you know, very good this year. I didn't either. I thought actually they were going to stink. But through 12 games, they've got a record of 7-5, and five, 14 points. Fourth spot in the Pacific Division of the Metro, or excuse me, Pacific Division of the Western Conference. Uh, they lost their last one. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. So Ducks are off to a pretty solid start. You know, they're a team that has got some good young talent. Is it sustainable for Anaheim? Probably not. I don't think so. But then again, I thought they were going to stink coming into the season. It's just a quick start. We see teams get off to quick starts. Flyers did it last year. They went 7-3-2 and two in their first 12 games last year. But this year, they had a nice little string. They beat Columbus on the road 3-2 in overtime. They beat Boston in TD Garden. I think it was Boston's first loss. They beat them in overtime 4-3. Then they came in and they beat the Flyers 7-4. Then they went to Pittsburgh and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, look at that trip. Columbus, Boston, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. And they beat up on everybody. Then they go to Arizona, or they go back home and take on Arizona. They win that in OT, but they've had some OT magic. Then they beat Vegas at home. Jeez, look at some of these wins. And then they lose to Pittsburgh 2 to nothing in their last game. So maybe you're catching them at the right point. I don't know, but they do have some good young players there in Anaheim. I mean, they're led right now in scoring. Boy, this guy has gotten off to a piping hot start. How about Mason McTavish? He's got 13 points, six goals, seven assists in the first 12 games. Also, Frankie Vitrano, we saw him pick up a hat trick against the Flyers. He's got 12 points now in 12 games, but nine of them are goals. Three on the power play, has a power play assist as well. Ryan Strom, good pickup. Two uh, two goals, nine assists, 11 points on the season. And Troy Terry as well uh, with 10 points in 12 games. You may go, well, where's the one guy? Where's How about Leo Carlson? Well, Leo Carlson's played eight games. They've kind of easing him into the NHL life. In eight games, he's got four points, three goals, one assist. And Trevor Segers off to a slow start. I'm surprised Anaheim is where they are, and Zegers is off to the start that he's off to. In 12 games, one goal, one assist, two points for Trevor Zegers. Wouldn't think that would be the case uh, for a team that is off to the start that they're off to and what they would likely be relying on young players for. Now, speaking of relying on young players. Flyers, uh, I imagine Morgan Frost gets back in tonight. I don't know that for sure, but I imagine he gets back in tonight. And obviously Frost, you know, missed six games, came back for a couple. He's only played six all year. Doesn't have a point yet. It behooves them to get him going offensively. Behooves Frost as well. Uh, But for the Flyers, there's a few guys that we need to see more offensive production from. And obviously, that's Noah Cates, who's got a goal and three assists on the season, and Owen Tippett, who's got two goals and four assists for six points in the first 13 games. So you'd be looking to those guys to provide a little bit of offense because the offense for the Flyers has been pretty dry of late. 
You get shut out 5 nothing against the Kings. You only score one goal on the San Jose Sharks, that 2-1 loss. And you got to get some offense going here. We'll see if Carter Hart is back in net tomorrow night. Something tells me he may be back as well. So that'll be really good news to see Carter Hart get back in there, Sean Couturier, and for this team to get some good, solid performances at all ends of uh, all ends and all areas of the ice, from the crease out, uh, play the way they were playing with a little bit more consistency in the beginning of this year. So it'll be the Flyers in Anaheim coming up tonight. Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Hopefully, we'll be seeing some goals tonight, which are provided by some assists, so we can get the Penn Medicine assist going once again. Uh, for every Flyers assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers will donate 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. So every assist means people are getting helped out in the area, which is a great thing uh, for sure. Now, in this episode, I kind of wanted to pick up what I talked about in yesterday's episode. Because if you, if you heard yesterday's episode, I really kind of went in on the vocal minority. The people that have said for years, ad nauseum, that they want a rebuild. But they don't seem, when you're going through a rebuild, to want the byproducts that come with a, re- a rebuild. Which is, sometimes in a, different stages of rebuilds have different, different byproducts. Very beginning stages you lose a lot of games. It's not tanking. You lose a lot of games. When you're kind of where the Flyers are, you show some signs of being a good team. You have some pieces, but you're going to have inconsistencies like that game against Buffalo, like the game against Ottawa earlier this season, and obviously the game against the San Jose Sharks, which to me was an inexcusable performance because I thought they took them lightly. And you can't do that. I just don't think that you can do that. You're not in any position to take anyone lightly. So as you guys can imagine, I got a bunch of responses on Twitter, via DM, and via email as well. So I wanted to touch on two of them. I I, I think I got like 17 or 18 total from people. Um, but I wanted to touch on a couple of these in this episode. And we're going to touch on a couple through the next couple of days as well. Maybe even one on Monday with Bill Melter. Uh, but I get this uh, one from Anthony Giampalo. He said, awesome pod today. Love Twitter, but hate Flyers Twitter this year. Love our fans' passion, but Flyers Twitter has become a battlefield of negativity fighting for views. Seriously consider consider the creating a masterclass for becoming a sensible hockey fan. If somebody asked me that a while ago. Can you create the masterclass for being a sensible hockey fan? To me, it's there's no sensibility to it. It's just having your expectations in order and just like you, I think sometimes people just get in that mindset. Like, I just want to be mad. I just want to be mad. I'm more comfortable when I'm mad. I'm more comfortable when I'm angry. I'm more comfortable when I'm negative or I'm more comfortable when I'm not satisfied. Some people are like that. Like we have people like that in our lives all the time. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like to surround myself with people like that. I think when I was younger, it didn't bother me, but now it just, it, it's so irritating to me. So I just punt all that out of my life. I mute it. I use the mute button on Twitter. Or I don't surround myself with those people in my personal life. Nick Hankins uh, um, meshes me as well. He DM'd me and said, It is the vocal minority. Wish you could get hazard pay. I don't need hazard pay. This, this comes with the turf, and it's all good. I'm good by that. Although if they want to give me hazard pay, I'm not going to deny it. He says, This initial bump seems to spark the idea for some that the rebuild is over. 
He says, I personally want the rebuild. It's worth a little pain to vastly improve our team. If people could stay level-headed, they could see we have a good young core with two high-end talents coming. Good goalies in the pipeline with Carter Hart already here. The D is the weak point, but it is a great D draft class, and we have two first-round picks, and we may acquire a third. That may be hopeful thinking. He said, we're on the right track for a bright future, but this painful season of mixed emotions, wanting to win game night but wanting a better draft pick in the long run, still has to happen. Unfortunately, he's talking about me now, you, as in me, become the sounding board for all the craziness, but you got a lot of support in us, silent majority. Nick, thank you. Um, it's a really well-said note that he sent me. There is good pieces here. There are two maybe really good pieces coming. Personally, I think Matvey Michkov is about as close to a lock stock superstar. I'm not talking about an all-star. I have levels of player. I have good player, great player. Great player is kind of all-star. Then I have superstar. Then I have generational. Gener- I don't throw the word generational around a lot. But I think that Michkov, I think he's going to be a superstar. Now, that might not happen. Okay, maybe wishful thinking by me. I don't know. Cutter Gochi, I think, is all-star. So if, if he's all-star and Michkov is superstar, and you combine that with what you have already. Now, granted, some of these young pieces, like you may see them, like Cam York's not playing great of late. That's not who he is or who he will be. He has a lot of work to do. He's going to have to work to get there, but he's not a finished product. And this whole notion of, oh, play the kids, like that is you play the kids when the kid is ready. If you play the kids or play the kid before he's ready, then you're not doing him any favors, and you're not doing yourself any favors. If you're pl- forcing somebody to play in the best league in the world that is insanely, insanely unforgiving, just because you want to play the kids, like that is as that's as stupid as it gets to me. This play the kids notion. I got in this back and forth with a guy on the YouTube channel today. If you're watching on YouTube, hi, um, saying, "Oh, Tortorella is the wrong coach. She doesn't play the kids, dude." Most games this year, they've played 10 players 24 years in age and younger. Do you want 18? Is that is that playing the kids if you know 18 forwards are what's in the lineup that are 24 and under? Find me a team that did that. Come, I'll give you a second. Find a team, show me a team that did that. They don't exist. Because I do my homework. I went back and looked. So Los Angeles, the Kings, we'll see them tomorrow night. They won a couple of cups. They had a cup, they had some really good years. They won two cups in the early, I guess, slash mid two thousands. In two, I think it was two thousand twelve. I want to say, and or no, two thousand thirteen and two thousand fifteen, I believe. At that time period, they didn't play the kids. Like people were complaining that well, a, a note we're going to get to. They're playing Couturier too much. Well, here's the deal. Andre Kopitar is basically the same age as Sean Couturier. He's basically the same guy. He's actually older. 
but at those years. So when L.A. went into rebuild mode, Anje Kopitar, at 31 years of age, was playing 22 minutes and 5 seconds of ice time. He actually played more when they were rebuilding than when they were a cup team and a, and a legit cup contender for six years. He played 22-05 when he was 30. He played 22-18 when he was 31. He played 21-02 when he was 32. In a rebuild, you can't just put kids out there. Matter of fact, Drew Doughty on the same team. Now, Doughty plays a ton of ice no matter what. But Doughty, in the 2017-18 season, 26 minutes and 50 seconds. 26-36 in the 18-19. In the 19-20, 25-49. Is he a kid? He wasn't a kid in those years. Doughty in those years was 29-30, 31-32. So they're not just playing the kids. That's not how you rebuild. Just because you play kids doesn't mean it's a rebuild. Where do we get this notion? Ryan O'Reilly. There we go. Here's another one. He was part of a rebuild with the Buffalo Sabres from the time he was 25, 26, and 27 years of age. All right? So he's north of 24. Got to play the kids, right? It's a rebuild. Three highest seasons of ice time in his entire career. Over 20 and a half minutes in each of those three years. He wasn't a kid. Eventually, he said, I've had enough of this rebuild. Get me out of here. They shipped him out of there. They made a deal with St. Louis. Went to St. Louis, and he won a cup. All right, let's get to an email that came in. This one came to me from Joseph DeAngelis. And Joseph says the following. Joseph says, hi, Jason. First of all, I can't speak for for everybody on the Internet about what they are freaking out about regarding the Flyers' loss to San Jose or their loss to Buffalo. However, I can speak for myself and many others I converse with daily about this team. That's cool. Um, He said, our frustration can be summed up this way. Don't tell the fan base you were rebuilding, but then play Bobby Brink only 10 minutes, Zamula 12 minutes, and bench Morgan Frost after they just re-signed the player for two years. He said, meanwhile, I got to watch... Belpedio play, defense, when I know this guy has no chance of being part of the future here. On top of that, they rush Couturier back into the lineup, even though anyone watching can clearly see he was not ready and then played him 22 minutes. The Flyers fan base may be many things, but one thing they are not is stupid. Personally, I have no problem with the rebuild and thought it was long overdue, but clearly Torts is not coaching consistent with that. That is the issue here. Frost needs to play. Yinning needs to be called up and given a chance to play over Belpedio or Metti. And Brink needs to play a lot more than 10 minutes. Finally, a consistent standard needs to be in place for all the young players. And that means if York stays in the lineup to work through his mistakes, then that same standard applies to all players, including Morgan Frost. Thanks for listening, Joe. Uh, Joe, thanks for the note. Joe sent me notes throughout the years and always articulates himself very well. There's some things in Joe's note that... I agree with. And look, the fact of the matter is this, you know, where he says at the end here, a consistent standard needs to be in place for all young players. So that means if York stays in the lineup to work through his mistakes, that standard needs to be the same for Morgan Frost. But reality, this has always been the case in sports. Each pl- There is a standard that's there for everyone, but for certain players, 
you have to hold them to different standards because they have different skill sets and they have different ways of, you know, exuding what they can do on the field of play. But that being said, I agree. I think Morgan Frost should be in there. I think there's a couple other guys that could come out over him. You know, I, I see Tyson Forcer. To me, he's squeezing it. That looks like a guy who could move upstairs. I know it's not center for center in and out, but you do have some flexibility with using Scott Lawton in the middle or Scott Lawton on a wing. I mean, you have some things. You have a lot of maneuverability. I mean, Morgan Frost has played wing as well. I know they want to play him at center, but if you need to get him back in there, you find a way to get him back in there. And You know, has a guy like Tyson Forster, who I think is a big part of the future, just because he has to sit out a game doesn't mean, oh, well, well there goes that player. There's a prospect that we don't have anymore. It doesn't work that way. Um, but let's go back to the earlier part of his email. He said, our frustration can be summed up this way. Don't tell the fan base you're rebuilding, but then play Bobby Brink only 10 minutes, a bullet 12, and bench Morgan Frost. We just dealt with Frost. Okay, Bobby Brink got off to a great start. He's hitting a bit of a wall. So should the coaching staff then, Joe, grab Bobby Brink and go, Bobby, we see you're hitting a wall. You're going to play 19 minutes anyway. Is that a good move? Don't measure things by minutes. You have to manage the player. Zamula's on a third pair. If you play Zamula 19 minutes, it will overwhelm him. It was one of the things we talked about with Provorov. The thing about Provorov was he was healthy for every game, and he could give you 25 minutes a night, 25 solid minutes. And now, all of a sudden, Travis Sanheim's picking up those extra minutes. And he started off the year very well. But is it sustainable for Travis Anheim? Is he a guy in the NHL? I mean, he's second in average time on ice right now. Is he a guy in the NHL that can play 26 minutes a night and be effective? Playing 12 minutes and being effective is good. Playing 19 minutes but not being effective is no good for a player's, no good for a player's development. As far as Belpedio goes, okay, I, I understand that. But are you going to bring up Adam Yinning when he hasn't earned his way to the to the NHL? He got a look last year. Did he look in camp like he was ready for the NHL? I know you want to see Yinning up here, but coming up here and just getting overwhelmed and having to shelter him to six to eight minutes a night does him no good. That does the player no good. So why bring him up? There are players like Belpedio, like Nick Sealer that are going to get time, and it doesn't mean that you're not committed to a rebuild. Part of your rebuild, a lot of your rebuild, doesn't happen in the NHL. It happens before players get to the NHL. I'm not yelling at you, Joe. I'm just passionate about this. Let's get to the part where he said, on top of that, they rushed Couturier back into the lineup, even though anyone watching can clearly see he was not ready and played him 22 minutes. If he's cleared... He's getting 22 minutes a night. That's the deal. Torts talked about it on Hockey Hounds two weeks ago. If he's physically cleared to play, he's going to get the minutes. Couturier is not going to be perfect all year. It's not going to be even. He's going to have ups and downs too. The guy missed 21-plus months of hockey. I think we need to be a little patient there. See, the th you complain about him getting 22 minutes. He wasn't rushed back. The Flyers fan base may be one thing, but not stupid. And I agree with that. He said, personally, I have no problem with the rebuild and thought it was long overdue. But clearly, Torts is not coaching consistent with that. 
Torts has coached through a lot of rebuilds. Everywhere he's gone, it's been a rebuild. He's developed young players. Go all the way back to Tampa. Look, LeCavier was a top pick. He was going to be good no matter what. He and Torts went toe-to-toe. Martin St. Louis, not even drafted. Went to the Hall of Fame last year, maybe two years ago. Even more recently, Zach Wierenski in Columbus. You would think that would be a player that would drive Torts nuts, the way he roams all over the ice. But Torts knew, I got to get out of his way. I got This guy roams all over the ice, but he's fantastic at it. You got to find that with all players. Look, we'll see if Methy, I, I think it's worth playing Methy, to be honest with you, because he's a guy who's played 247 NHL games. He was hurt all last year. They haven't played him yet, but I'd like to see him. He's, he's 24 years old, and he's played 247 games, but he was hurt all last year, which is why he needed a home. I mean, if you can put him in the lineup and rehabilitate his image and you know the way people look at him around the league after missing all that time last year, he only played 17 games, I think, you might be able to get something for him. So to me, that's worth it. So, look, I agree with you, Joe, on some points. There's some points that, we're not going to see eye to eye. A rebuild is not all taking place at the NHL level. It takes place up and down your organization, in Europe, in the KHL where Matvey Michkov is right now, and Kolosov is. It's taking place in Sweden, in the OHL. With you know, you got Bonk and Barky. It's taking place in college campuses in the NCAA. It's taking place all over. This notion that you gotta play the kids and you gotta play them minutes that they're not ready for, to me, is the wrong thing to do. You cannot treat them all the same. Some players can handle more minutes at certain times when they're feeling it. Sometimes you gotta you gotta pull them back a little bit and protect them. That's all part of a rebuild. All right, Flyers, Ducks tonight. Everybody have a great night. Enjoy the hockey tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow, and we'll preview Flyers Kings on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.